In the 14th century, Italian poet Dante Alighieri penned his masterpiece, The Divine Comedy. The epic poem tells the story of a lost pilgrim who is guided through hell to meet his beloved in heaven. This fantastic journey is also a coded allegory. Hidden in the symbolism is a much deeper story with a map of history that connects Dante's life with our own. This is Dante's history. Inferno, Canto 9 More than a thousand ruined souls I saw, thus fleeing from before one, who on foot was passing over the sticks with souls unwet. To sum up our tale so far, a pilgrim and his guide are making their way through hell on a divine journey. They have passed through five circles of hell so far, meeting damned souls and demonic guardians. In the last canto, our heroes made it to the edge of the fifth circle, the Circle of the Wrathful, where they came to the gates of the City of Dis, the City of the Dead. But the demons at the gate have denied them access to the city. For the first time, it seems like the duo's divine journey has come to a standstill. In this canto, Dante will question his faith in the journey and his guide when he encounters a few more demonic guardians who threaten to turn him into stone. Then, the arrival of someone makes the dam scatter in fear. The canto begins with a red-faced Virgil composing himself after noticing the pale-faced pilgrim. Virgil promised at the end of the last canto that help would arrive to grant them access to Dis. So now they wait, with Virgil listening for a sign, since the air is black with dense fog. Virgil mutters in broken phrases, reasoning aloud how they should win this fight, since it was ordained by Beatrice. For just a moment, he seems unsure and longs for someone like her to arrive. For the first time, Virgil has been denied by the demons of hell, and his confidence is shaken. He was asked to use his gifts of speech to guide the pilgrim through this place, and it appears that they have failed him. He can't fathom why these demons would stand in the way of a divinely ordained journey. To him, the personification of reason, the defiance of these demons in the face of the inevitable is exceptionally unreasonable. He notes that he and Dante need a stronger wrath, the wrath of God, to help them enter the city. The pilgrim notices his guide's momentary doubt. He wonders if Virgil fears that they will be trapped here in hell. He asks his guide if anyone else from Limbo has successfully made the journey this far into the depths of hell. Here the pilgrim is questioning his guide's ability in a roundabout way. Virgil confirms, although seldom, this journey has been made before. He gives an example that has puzzled scholars. Virgil says that he made the journey once before, in the flesh, that he was conjured back from the dead by someone called Arictho to retrieve a soul from the lowest part of hell, so the pilgrim shouldn't worry himself. This story seems to be entirely made up by Dante. Although a similar scene in the Aeneid exists of the guide reassuring his follower that they have done this before, no text exists of a reanimated Virgil journeying into hell. 
Dante could be citing a medieval source that hasn't survived, but it seems like he may be taking a little liberty with existing characters. The conjurer, Erichtho, can be found in earlier literature, raising a dead soldier for Sextus Pompeius, son of Pompey the Great, Julius Caesar's main opponent. We saw Caesar back in limbo, but Pompey strangely doesn't appear anywhere in the poem. As for the soul that Virgil was sent to retrieve from the very lowest part of hell, it's anyone's guess. Some have suggested that the sorceress may have sent Virgil to retrieve Pompey, since Caesar's other co-conspirators, Cassius and Brutus, can be found here, in the lowest part of hell, referred to as Judas's realm. Some have even suggested that Virgil is making the whole tale up to reassure the pilgrim. In any case, it seems to work. Virgil continues on, but Dante has stopped listening. The pilgrim is distracted by something above them. He had been looking at the burning tower peeking out beyond the gate when he noticed three infernal furies looking down at him. He describes them as having female bodies stained with blood and hair made of serpents. Virgil notices them as well and identifies them by name. The Erinese, deities of vengeance. On the left is Majira, known as the Jealous One. On the right, Electo, whose anger is endless. And in the middle, deadly Tisiphone, whose anger was destructive. He calls them the handmaidens of the Queen of Lamentation. This is a reference to the myth of Proserpina, the goddess of the harvest, who was abducted by the king of the underworld and forced to become his queen. In the Greek version of the myth, she's known as Persephone, or called Cora, which means the maiden. The Furies beat and tear at their own chests, terrifying the pilgrim. They taunt him by calling for Medusa to come and turn the pilgrim into stone. This is the famous Gorgon Medusa, with the head full of snakes, whose look could turn you into stone. The Medusa's head has been used as a symbol of terror and despair. They mention Theseus, the hero who attempted to save Proserpina and was captured by the Furies. Virgil takes the Furies' threats seriously. He tells the pilgrim to turn away and close his eyes. He doesn't leave it up to the pilgrim either. Virgil turns Dante and covers the pilgrim's eyes himself. In the following tercet, Dante breaks the fourth wall and addresses the reader. O ye who have undistempered intellects, observe the doctrine that conceals itself beneath the veil of the mysterious verses. There are many interpretations of this tercet. Is it in reference to the previous text, the following text, or a reminder about the whole text? If we examine the current dilemma allegorically, we see that the pilgrim's path is being impeded by the vengeful spirits of anger. Reason, or Virgil, may be able to shield Dante from the kind of despair and fear that, like Medusa, can turn a heart into stone. But to progress further, at times, he will need something stronger than fear and anger. He will need faith. A loud sound attracts everyone's attention. Something approaches on the waves. It has a force like wind, causing the fog and water and angry souls to retreat from its path. Virgil tells the pilgrim to look again. He can see thousands of damned souls fleeing from a being walking on the water and fanning the nasty air from his face. 
The pilgrim is in awe and correctly guesses that this is the help Virgil has been waiting for. The duo quietly bow and watch as the angel heads for the gate. He taps the gate with his wand and it simply opens. He then speaks to the demons and fallen angel, reminding them that their resistance to fate is pointless and will only lead to their pain. He gives Cerberus as an example, who still bears the wounds from when Hercules captured him. The heavenly being then turns and quickly leaves without saying a word to our travelers. Though this being is never named, this scene is similar to one in a work by Ovid in which the god Mercury uses his wand the Caduceus to open a gate. Mercury is known as the keeper of boundaries. His name also derives from the Latin words merchandise and to trade. The duo, now feeling confident, stroll into Dis, uncontested. They are now in the sixth circle of hell. Upon entering, the pilgrim soaks in his surroundings. He can hear the usual sounds of distress in the air, but instead of a bustling city, he finds open plains filled with tombs. Not an Acropolis, but a Necropolis. He compares the scene to two cemeteries in France that contain ancient raised stone tombs of various sizes. These crypts and monuments are surrounded by flames that heat the tombs as hot as blacksmith's iron, burning the souls within. Their cries fill the air. The pilgrim asks Virgil about these batch of sinners. Virgil identifies them as heresiarchs, the founders of heretical cults. They are buried here with their followers in these heated tombs. The more perverted their beliefs, the hotter the tombs. Here, Dante has passed from the area of incontinence into the area of violence. So these heretics share a bit of both worlds. They are motivated by anger, but actively use their will to deny reason. Like the victims of Medusa, frozen in fear, these damned and their followers are hardened and tempered in their tombs of despair. The canto ends with our duo making one of only two right turns in the whole of Inferno, as I continue further into the sixth circle. In the next canto, Dante and Virgil continue through the tombs of the heretics, where he meets the father of a close friend. He also has a discussion with another Italian citizen, a political opponent, who shares a prophecy about Dante's future. Next time on Dante's History. Big Mac, Chicken McNuggets, no, Big Mac and Quarter Pounder with cheese. Or filet fish You'd be doing the same thing if you were at McDonald's because you can choose not just one, but two of your favorites for just six bucks. Tasty Big Mac, crispy 10-piece Chicken McNuggets, juicy Quarter Pounder with cheese, or savory filet fish Enjoy two of your all-time favorites for just six bucks, if you can decide on the two. Prices and participation may vary, cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal, single item at regular price. 